Hey, it's Jen the Builder. And Corey. We're on Take the Elevator. And I feel we've got a really good lineup today. Today. And to our listeners, we are talking about the words safe and safety. Yeah. Um, first, I'm going to say I hope we all had a safe weekend. Yeah. There's a lot going on and, you know, we can totally go there, but I don't really want to go everywhere because I'm sure everyone's pretty overwhelmed with everything. Um, if you're plugged into the media and seeing what's going on, but I have a quick story to share about safety um, that happened over the weekend. So you had a wonderful gig at Braemar and it was a small setting. I did. And it was. Yeah. So it was the last gig for the summer. And uh, we saw one of our band players, the keyboardist, Sydney, who's off to college starting on Monday. So she has to pull back from the band. Yeah. And, and rightfully so. I mean, I think that's awesome that she's pursuing her dreams. When I went to the store before I went to um, Braemar, I was at the local grocery store and it was really surreal what happened to me in there. Like I automatically felt a heaviness, a kind of fear that was just in the air mm -hmm. and you can see it in people's eyes. And of course that's all you could really see because everyone was masked up again, pretty much. Mm -hmm. uh, people were making sure to stay in their space. Everyone was staying apart. There were massive lines in the front it reminded me of when this whole pandemic started and I was in the store and it was just a bum rush for different things. It wasn't a bum rush, but it just had that same feeling. Right. It didn't feel safe. Mm -hmm. And then it made me feel anxious and worried and it got me out of the mood I was in. You know, I, I automatically switched energies because I could just feel it. Right. And then we go to Braemar and you could kind of feel it there too. Like people wanted to have fun, but it was very limited and in it was inhibited. Is that the right word? Where it's just kind of yeah, controlled. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought, man, we're in a time where safety is not abounding, even though people say things are safe, but they're not really you know, and so what does that really do to people? Or are they? So I, I really think that that's interesting the way you set your story. And I have a story, too. It's not about what happened recently, but something mm. that happened to me in the past. So when we come back, I would love to share that story. And we can jump right into this and have a good time. Sounds good. Every We are back, and we had just heard a story that Jim was telling about what happened this past weekend and how she had some unnerving experiences in the local grocery store. And so we're, we're really honing in on the word safe and safety right now, and it's all going to tie together, I promise you. I just wanted to set the stage for you in my story because this happened the day of 9-11. You remember that day? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy day, right? Mm -hmm. So crazy that I remember exactly where I was. I was working for a non-public school. I was a crisis counselor, 
and I was in the midst of transporting some of the kids to the school that I was preparing to crisis counsel. And on the radio, we heard the tragic story that happened. And so immediately, the few kids that were on the van began to ask questions. And it was amazing that it had already been rolled out who had uh, um, pretty much uh, brought the attack on to America in, mm-hmm. in New York. It was already rolled out that it was uh, Al-Qaeda and this group and that group and these people and and all this kind of stuff. And that was the morning of mm-hmm. that attack. And so the safety level dropped immediately. And I mean, it was intense. And so I just remember trying to brace myself for what the world would look like in a few years if this is the direction we're going. And this was way before I'd put a whole lot of the pieces of the puzzle together and realized what was really happening and how it really goes on. And so that's why my safety level always stays a little bit off center than most people. And I'll just explain a little bit. So we were fed um, mainstream media that there were weapons of mass destruction that had to be found and destroyed. And we ran on that boogeyman for months and then years and uh, time just got by us. And before we knew it, we were 10 years deep into finding weapons of mass destruction that were never found. But we were looking at groups of people just like we always have in history, which I didn't know and now know uh, this is the way the mainstream media creates boogeymans and removes safety from people. Mm -hmm. And so you find yourself looking at groups of people and I'm a person of color. And so I'm thinking to myself, there are people that have looked at me like this because pictures have been painted about what the Mm. black man can do and what he's done in the past. And now we're looking at, you know, middle Easterners the same way. And then we were looking at Asians in a certain way. And then we're looking at, and so we allow our safety to be removed from us because mainstream media realizes that anytime they say a boogeyman's coming, that's what, that's what we do. And so that when you started asking me about safety, that was a story that I went to almost immediately of, of how I feel safe or when I feel safe. And I feel most safe when I have more information, more knowledge, and more understanding. Yeah, that makes sense. I think safe is um, in particular to the individual. What makes you feel safe? Right. Absolutely. May not make me feel safe, right? So (laughs) having the knowledge and stuff like that, I think is great, but I don't know if it would make me feel safe. What trips me out is that I feel like I've been raised in this bubble with certain ideologies, especially about the country that I live in. And so when it's no longer safe in this country, for me, it's a little unnerving. You know, we have things set up all around us that, assist with our safety from insurance policies to security, right? Police, firemen. Um, There are certain laws that we're governed by. There's different agencies, armed forces, safety measures. When you go to a dang restaurant, I feel safe 
when I see the letter A. Because, you know, they've passed some um, kind of test and, you know, check right. off list. So it makes me feel like, okay, I can eat here and feel safe. Right. And then I was thinking, too, about, you know, the last time I really felt safe in a worldly perspective is my dad. Right. I felt I just remember what that felt like as a kid, like nothing, no one was going to harm me. I've shared stories about my dad and how quick he was to come to the rescue. And then but that is not guaranteed because obviously he passed away. And ironically, safety not only left, but harm actually came to visit me. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're it's total flip. Right. So you can just imagine the PTSD that I experience when I no longer feel safe. Um, and then I thought about it. We, you know, we watched this movie. I think it's, uh, Oh, Tom Cruise. And I know what you're talking about. I don't yeah, remember yeah. the name of the movie. Though. Oh, and it's such a good movie. But anyways, he says, this is when you know you're in trouble, right? Cause she's having a conversation with the FBI or whatever. Cause right. she didn't believe that he was on the up and up. And he says, once they tell you we're taking you to a safe location and they use words like that, that's when you can really question it. Mm -hmm. Because my dad never raised me and said, I'm going to keep you safe. It was just a known thing. Right. You know, so I, I worry about where people are at. And I'm not just talking about a group of people. I'm talking about individuals in our lives and how it's affecting them. And I've learned that when people's safety is um, being threatened, that we blame shift a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know, can we get around that? Like how do people come together in high moments of tension versus pointing the finger and saying, this is why this is happening because you didn't do this or because you did do this. Well, that's interesting. And I'm glad you asked that question that way. And if you give me an opportunity to answer, I would simply say, no, we cannot get around that. And we will always fall victim to blame shifting because it's really difficult to look at yourself in the time of crisis or turmoil. Excuse me. Let me give you an example. And And this will tie into my, theory of having more understanding and having more information that provides me safety. Mm. If I come into the house last, right. And I hang my jacket on a hook and I notice that I've hung it up halfway. Mm-hmm. And I say to myself, I should probably fix that, but I'm way too tired. It's probably going to fall in the middle of the night. I go upstairs. I get into bed. I fall asleep. You're up first thing in the morning. And As you're walking to your office, you hear something sounding like a crash. Your immediate instinct would say someone's in the house, but that's because you don't have enough information. You don't have enough understanding of what's happened the night before. You say, Corey, something just failed. I think somebody's in the house. Can you go look at it? And I turn over and go, oh, it's just my jacket. Don't worry about it. You're like, Man, if you don't get about this bed and go see what's in my house. (laughs) Right. right. And then that's just a natural feeling. So for me to make you feel safe, I know it was my jacket, but she's not going to leave me alone until I go downstairs and make sure that it's my jacket that fell. I come downstairs with the knowledge that it's already fallen. So when I see that my jacket's on the ground, 
I'm like, okay, that's right. what it was. I half hung the jacket up and now I'm paying the price for not doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. And that's why people will always blame shift because they don't have all the information. They don't have enough uh, knowledge. I see. I get it. That's a perfect example because that has happened where I'll hear something and send you downstairs because mm-hmm. it freaks me out. And you've told me that. Like, Jen, think practically. Think logically. Don't go straight. Because remember, I worked upstairs and I was at home alone. Mm-hmm. And I'd hear sounds downstairs, whether it be the floor settling or something excited Penny. So I'm thinking Penny only barks when, you know, someone is here. And so I automatically freak out, lock my door. And, well, (laughs) let me retract. Before, I was taught, like, Jen, don't call out if it is someone Right. Don't let them know, hey, I'm here. <laughs> so I learned to lock my door because I used to <laughs> read them, like look over the stair, the banisters and go, hello, <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> which was really weird that I did that. But see, that's how much not feeling safe throws me off. Right. And and I'm extreme. And whereas you're like, calm down and let's get more information I instantly go to, oh my gosh, the sky's falling. What are we going to do? Yeah. I mean, and again, that's very typical. It's not a woman thing. It's not a man thing. It's just a certain. Yeah. It's just some people are bred with certain things inside of them. You know, I was just taught at a very early age, like, don't be afraid of what you're not, what you don't know. You can't fear something that you're not aware of or that you don't know. So you need more information so you can figure out what you're really being afraid of. Yeah. There's not a lot of man-made things. Well, I, I used to could say that with confidence. Man is man is capable of making some very... Scary things. Very scary things yeah. at this point in time. Yeah. But I, I used to very rarely feared anything man-made or man. And and so, like I said, nowadays, it's a, it's a bit of a different story. So, yeah, I, I just think... More knowledge, more information, the better we can handle things and the better we can place the proper blame on who needs to be blamed for it. Sure. And find your own safety. Agreed. And I think when people guarantee someone's safety, you're putting a lot on the line there. Oh, yeah. People really take that tart and be like, okay, I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. Um, It reminds me of a story because, you know, then I start playing with the words like when do we use that word safe in different contexts? When you're in the most crisis, most danger of your life, you're safe. Right. That's probably when you're least safe. Right, right. But I was thinking about when I played softball, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. And anyone who knows me knows I get so intense with games, anything competitive. Like, I get excited. When I say intense, I don't mean like I'm going to beat your butt, you know, because I want to win this. I definitely want to win, but it's not a matter of competition with the other person. It's just I get hyped. Mm-hmm. Like my energy level increases Through to 10. Yes. So I played third base and I don't know why I would do this. And I really felt bad after the fact. But during the moment, someone's trying to steal third and I got the ball. I'm tagging the crap out of you. So just in case you thought you might be safe, no, you're not, because I got you. <laughs> and so I just thought of like people. That's not baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother sport, right? Right. <laughs> and then when I tag them, uh, I'd be like, I'm so sorry. Like, are you okay? 
You know, it was really weird. And so I think of people who went up to bat, and I became very good friends with the schools that we played, some of the players there. And they said it was like, unless we were hitting a home run, we weren't trying to steal third. Mm. Because that was just who you were. Unless it was a guarantee that we were going to hit third before you got the ball, like we weren't even going to try it. Wow. So that says something like the whole point, the whole way you score is to run home and be safe. But you've got all the different elements on the way to running home. And that's just how I have to think about it right now. Like you want to be safe, but there are things that are going to harm you. And so what you're saying, Corey, makes sense. You get the knowledge, you do the research, you figure those pieces out. So you know how the third baseman plays Um Erotic. It's not erotic. Erratic. Yeah. <laughs> What's the word? That's a whole nother game. <laughs> you know, like, oh my goodness. But the way I play, like, you've got to know how people play the game and what, what may come. Right. And just hope that you make it home. Another word that um, comes to mind is like a safe, right? Like where people put their money in, fireproof and all that. I just think of like movies like Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve. Those stuff were supposed to be safe. Money is locked down, ain't no one getting to it. And, you know, I know it's in the movies, but there are real live robbers and stuff who figure this stuff out. Well, another life uh, lesson that I was taught at an early age, um, my father told me that locks and keys are for honest people. Meaning, if a thief wants what you have, there is nothing you can do to stop. A, A thief will figure out a way to break into anything. And that's why security cameras and they still do it right but it can deter them right like i'm not i don't know i would just think like if you have more security in your home it might deter them whereas if you just had a lock or you know they break through a window and there's no alarm system going off no camera anyways that's just me that's just how i think about it right um what else what else comes to your mind about feeling safe. I know my one true source of safety. Um, and that helps me, you know, with everything that's going on. Oh yeah. Our faith. It it helps us feel very safe in what we decide to do or decide not to do and how to move through life and understand what, what we're up against. Yeah. So we didn't talk about faith when we were talking about this episode, but I love where it's going. Mm hmm. Because right now, yeah, we're in a time where things aren't safe. And, of course, our prayers go out um, towards the whole situation in Afghanistan. You know, and when you think about safe in that context, that's that's deep. And it being an empath, those kind of things can really, really bring me down. And so, faith, can we share on that? What What's your definition of faith, Corey? How does that help you? when things aren't so safe? Well, I mean, I haven't felt unsafe in a long time. Okay. So it's hard for me to say, you know, I'm using my faith when I'm feeling unsafe. I'm, I'm using my faith 24 hours, seven days a week. Uh, and that's just how I move and how I operate because I know that's what I need to survive. And that's how I've always survived. You know, without that for me, I would not survive. So, Mm. I don't know how that looks any other way, but for people that are in situations like in Afghanistan where they're trying to get out, 
and they feel no safety and they have no faith to rely on. Oh, I really don't know what to say. I really, I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's the point of us, right. Is to come up with the answers. It's just to have the thoughts and talk them out loud and let people know that you're not alone. And this is just how we're feeling right now. Um, I know that like when I've journaled, I've, I've said to myself that when faith is present, there's an emotion of peace that exists for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why it helps me to run to faith almost immediately because of the type of person that I am. Right. Um, and some might say, Jen, it's silly for you to make these statements like everything's going to turn out well, but that's because of my faith. It's that, it's the perspective on what you're defining as well, mm. you know? Um, and I don't want, that's a whole nother episode, but for me, if you guys can just take that for what it is and I can expand on it later, um, I've learned that I need to release and I have released the, con- the need to control everything. Right. That's what faith does for me. It lets me know I don't really have control. Right. But I know who does. And, and that's just, where my confidence lies. Let me just give you a different side of that coin too, because, mm-hmm. and then not for you per se, because I know you know how I think, but for the listener, because some people do feel like with my faith, everything is going to be all right. Mm-hmm. With my faith, I believe things may not be all right, but I have a faith that it, it'll happen the way it's supposed to happen. And so that may mean that not the best outcome, not the best situation. But I'm not afraid of that because I understand what my faith means to me. Yeah. I think that's the difference. And even, and I'm bringing it back to the local supermarket that I was at on Saturday. Before I walked out of there, I really leaned on my faith and just said, I'm not going to fear this. Mm-mm. Like this is part of life right now. Yeah. And if, if I walk in this every day in fear, you know, what what is that going to do to me? So I know who I honor and I know who's in control of my life. And I just, you know, I'm not preaching to anyone, but I don't know what people hold on to when all you really have at the end of the day is faith because everything's going the way it is going, you know, and it always helps me to knowing what I've been through in my past, nothing close to this, but Corey, you brought up nine 11 and that was scary. I remember where I was too. Actually, I got woke up um, by a friend who lived in Europe because they got the news before I did. I was mm-hmm. still asleep. And so imagine waking up to that. And when I woke up, I had seen the news with the first building up in flames and I saw live the other plane hit the other building. So very scary. And then I didn't have the faith that I have now to go back on. It was just like, what, what is going on? Right. You know? And then of course the things that spoke to me and I wish I still had the magazine. There was a people magazine like a year later that told of the stories of people that didn't make it or, and you know, people that were heroic and, and help people out of there. I hold on to those kind of stories because it's where humanity in the midst of crisis, in the midst of fear and pure panic and definitely not safe. It's just 
heartwarming for me to see people still help each other. Yeah. You know, and which is what I hope we do now. Help each other. Help each other. Well, you know us that take the elevator, we say look up and let's elevate. elevate.